hello and welcome to Affable Chat. My name is Benjamin and this is Joey. Hey, how's it going? And it's Christmas time, so we're talking about Christmas movies. And Play the our, jingle bells. That's right. And our first uh, Christmas movie of the season is The Muppet Christmas Carol. Hello! Welcome to The Muppet Christmas Carol. I am here to tell the story. And I am here for the food. My name is Charles Dickens. And my name is Rizzo the Rat. Hey, wait a second. You're not Charles Dickens. I am too. No, a blue furry Charles Dickens who hangs out with a rat. Absolutely. Charles Dickens was a 19th century novelist. A genius. Oh, you were too kind. This is a musical, fantasy, comedy, family-friendly, classic 19th century literature Muppet drama adaptation. Directed by Brian Henson. The cast includes My Cocaine, Tea Lizard, Charles Dickens, Rat, and the voice of Old Yoda. Yes, the uh, there's a distinction we have to make now. You right. can't just say the voice of Yoda, because then people will say, obviously, which one of the equally important two Yodas are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> have you seen uh, The Mandalorian, Joey? No, have you? No. Um, be- and, and that'll be uh, evident why I haven't in a second here, after I ask how you watched this movie. I watched this movie on YouTube. How did you watch it? I watched this movie on Disney Plus, baby! All right, so you, you went ahead and got it. Well, actually, well, sort of. My uh, my girlfriend's brother is letting me borrow his account, so. Nice. That's I a- have not, I've, The Mandalorian, when I first saw the trailers and stuff, I was like, ah, uh, maybe I'll skip this. Now that I have the service and everything, it does look good. I don't know, maybe I'll check it out. Really, my priority with Disney Plus has been Kim Possible. The nice. best show ever. I am loving it, going back through it. Well, see, my problem with Disney Plus is I'm like fearful of the Disney media empire like swallowing up all of entertainment and choosing what we can have. With or without your six dollars a month, you know. <laughs> right, right. But I'm a hypocrite if I say that I don't want it, and I also, I mean, I'm a hypocrite anyways because I watch all their like their movies, and and I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they got a cut of my money I gave to YouTube because this is a Disney film. Yeah. Um, but it just seems I, 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 it's almost like I'm trying to take a stand and just make a point that we, we can look at this right now and say we're headed towards this not so bright future. Because um, what I, re- I recently found out about Disney's, um, and this isn't like new information, just new to me, about Disney's practices with the Marvel movies and forcing theaters to put it in their largest theater for like the whole run. Yeah, they do that for Star Wars too. Yeah, which boxes out all the other movies from being in those larger theaters. And once the you know Star Wars or, or Marvel movie isn't new anymore, that giant theater is wasting space. So these movie theaters are making less money than they would before. And eventually, we're just going to see a Disney movie theater pop up, and they're just going to show Disney movies there. And yeah, that's that actually is closer than you might think. Back, I think it was in the '70s, a law was passed that a studio movie studios can't own theaters. It was too much of a vertical integration. Yeah. But I think that recently got repealed. Um, and so we may, in fact, see that happen. Well, MoviePass sh- actually was close to making that happen if they had ever gotten off the ground because uh, they had MoviePass exclusive movies. And because they are, so they were kind of coming at it from the opposite direction by selling tickets to their own movies. Um, but it's, you know, a little similar to having your own specific movie theater for these things. Well, so, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. And, Honestly, like, if anyone's going to take over the world, like, a family-friendly corporation that is, like, really, um, like, intent on showing, like, good messages to people, like, is, like, it could be worse is what I'm trying to say. Okay. the, the other, but you can also be critical of something and still enjoy parts of it. And I feel like there's, if, as long as you can have that differentiation and call out stuff when you see it, you know, you know, say when they do something right and say when they do something something bad, but you don't necessarily have to boycott something in order to for your opinion to matter. Well, I, yeah, and part of the reason I want Disney Plus is because I do love the Marvel films and I would love to have easy access to all of them. But I also Disney also has Star Wars and this brings us back to Baby Yoda because I haven't I uh, haven't watched The Mandalorian partly because I don't have Disney Plus, but also because I still am scarred um, as far as Disney Star Wars goes. And I hate, like, Baby Yoda is like the embodiment of what 
I feel like Star uh, Disney Star Wars is. Is they're like, oh look, it's cute. Now come watch it. You know, there's no substance to be had here. It's just we're Disney. You love us, and you love Star Wars. So come look at Baby Yoda. Uh, again, I'm I'm probably wrong. I'm sure Mandalorian is has its merits, but uh, like the the way that I you know as fr- like viewing from the outside. It's just frustrating to see them get all this free meme advertising because they made a cute version of Yoda. I don't see. I like. I don't really follow your logic because, like, uh, they're kind of giving you a new reason to show up to Star Wars, right? With this cute little Yoda. Hopefully, but what if I sit down and Mandalorian isn't good, and now I, they got me again because they're like, "Look what we did to Yoda." Well, then don't <laughs> don't watch it for just that reason. <laughs> that. <laughs> I mean, obviously, but what I'm saying it's is It's another like, thing that makes it good, right? If it's good. All I know yeah. is the, the images. And yeah, he's cute, but like Disney, like the those, I don't even remember what they're called, but those little things that were like meeping around uh, with uh, Chewbacca. Porgs. What are they called? Porgs. porgs. Porgs, yeah. See, I mean, I felt like there was no substance to Porgs, even though I admittedly did like the way they looked. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm getting way off topic here. We're here. We came here to talk about uh, Muppets. Know, you're Christmas about to complain Kill. about Muppets. Like you're you're literally complaining about Muppets. <laughs> and we're gonna watch, what? No, the Muppets. Muppets have substance. <laughs> yeah, which, but, but Yoda is a Muppet, and I like Yoda. I don't know if Baby Yoda has any substance, and okay. it just feels like Disney's cashing well, how in. How do you decide to watch things? I guess is the question. Most things don't have a history like Disney Star Wars does. I've given Disney Star Wars so many chances and they've blown it so many times. In my experience, the shows and the and the games have been better than the uh, than the movies. Which is fair. I mean, so, and again, it's, it's hard to judge anything without watching it. But what I'm saying is I'm just, it's hard for me to, to dive in because I've been hurt before, um, which is something I've talked about on the podcast before. So um, I feel like let's move on. Okay. Um, and let's do the synopsis for The Muppet Christmas Carol. Okay. A crotchety old man is told he's a bit of a prick. And that's the story of The Muppet Christmas Carol, the story of Scrooge. Um, a classic, a, uh, a, you know, a story that's been told for Christmases for uh, a long time. Why don't you yeah. go, go ahead and give us your prose uh, for Muppet Christmas Carol, Joey? Um, this is, like you just said, a classic, timeless story. Got some really great acting from Michael Caine, especially since he's pretty much the only actor in the movie. Um, there's great pathos from the Muppets, which you really like. So not something I really expected, and it gets you into the Christmas spirit. What about you? What'd you like? I totally agree with the the Christmas spirit. I uh, it's a great Christmas movie. Pun intended. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I the the songs in this are great. I love the songs. Um, it's a lean runtime at under an hour and a half, which is really short for a full like feature film. Um, I I love the creative narrative structure is that am i using that correctly yeah, uh with so. gonzo as charles dickens i think that that's that's really fun and just like any muppets movie it's funny and it's heartfelt especially heartfelt um this movie goes hits you in the feels a little harder than maybe some other um, muppets movies um uh, what about cons joy what didn't you like about this movie uh, i don't feel like this movie um displayed the same level of detail and intricacy that muppet treasure island did um the Muppet Charger Island is my first Muppets movie, so having this follow up, especially so recently, I was a little bit disappointed. Um, it is the story is simplified for a younger audience, and I kind of wish that Scrooge had put up more of a fight uh, to remain a crotchety old man um, in the story, which I want to get more into later. Yeah, I think that's you? definitely what, fair. Um, for the like? most part, I feel like a lot of my opinion of this movie is clouded by my own bias of just loving this movie as a kid. Um, so it, it's like hard for me to pick out anything I really don't like. Although I am interested to hear more about um, your opinions on Scrooge's transformation because I did feel like his character had some uh, just inconsistencies maybe in his transformation. Um it's something I want to specifically point out is that how does Scrooge not know that there's no point of being open on Christmas? Like I, like I get that <laughs> it was necessary for them to like spell that out so they can show like Scrooge is so anti Christmas. He's going to make his guys right. come in on Christmas, but it's like, dude, this is definitely not your first Christmas. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I, I, it was just like an interesting setup for, for Scrooge to be like simultaneously so hateful of Christmas, but also so ignorant to what Christmas is, um, despite having been through so many Christmases. Anyways, 
let's let's dive into this. So let's go to our overall section. And like I said, I love this movie. Uh, it's a classic that I watch every single year at Christmas. And I do mean every single year, ever since I was a, like a little kid. Um, there's a lot to love in this movie, but by far my favorite thing about it has to be the songs. Uh, I consider this soundtrack, like all the songs in it, to be legitimate Christmas songs to me. Um, and I definitely like them more than most traditional Christmas songs. Um, yeah, I can definitely see that. It's, it's like when it's Christmas time, like right now, these are the songs that I'll play in my car when I'm like trying to get in the Christmas spirit. Um, I mean, other songs also, but these ones definitely get their play every December. Um, I think Gonzo is a, he's great as this omniscient narrator. It's such a like interesting and creative way to tell a story and they break the fourth wall a bunch of times with it for him to really show that he is like <laughs> this hoity-toity godlike uh, smarty pants uh, which I I, yeah. I think is really cool and it keeps the story from being too um, boring because there are definitely some times where it's just like Scrooge being old and lurking around <laughs> and to have you know, Rizzo freaking out and getting into trouble and Gonzo always, because he's omniscient, always being comfortable and not caring about the circumstances. I think it was a really fun, very Muppety way to yeah. uh, engage well, in having a narrator. Well, so like, I don't know, like what's the, like what's Gonzo's like, I don't want to say backstory, but like, I don't know like what his deal is, but apparently he can't like feel pain or something. In the, the Treasure Island movie, right, where he gets, he gets stretched and he's just laughing like it tickles. Yes. And in this, every time he falls from a high place or anything like that, he or like dives into something cold, you know, he's fine. And it's Rizzo that's suffering. <clears throat> so I don't, I don't know. I guess Gonzo like can't feel pain. I, that's kind of the uh, the takeaway. I, I should, I should remember better what this is, but I think it's in Muppets from Space, or there is a backstory to what, like Gonzo because. What is he, right? All these other right. Muppets are clearly defined animals. He is a gonzo, and he's kind of unique. And, and I think that that um, lends itself to part of the way that he is. Um, but I think in this movie, specifically, it's that he's the narrator. So like the story doesn't affect him. He's just kind of impervious to everything. Yeah, yeah, I like that. But it like is a good point that he also just, he thought he was going to go to the NBA in uh, Muppet Treasure <laughs> Island when they were stretching him out. Uh, he's just kind of an invincible guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just kind of takes it in stride. So. And yeah, and now you see, I, I kind of brought this up uh, with Muppets Treasure Island, the way that Gonzo and Rizzo follow the story, like they're kind of right there with you every step of the way. But this one is way more, I mean, obviously it's very different because in this one, they're basically outside of the story itself. Um, they're just yeah. present, but uh, the other characters don't interact with them, um, unlike Muppet Treasure Island, where they are members of the crew. And we'll see in the, some of the quotes too that like the dialogue in this movie is kind of elevated as well, right? Like the way Michael Caine speaks is like you know, not kind of not that natural. It's kind of like a like a I don't know classic literature type of speaking. It's all it's very formal. And so to have the narrator um, as a character in the story, I guess, kind of lends itself to that theme as well. Definitely, where Gonzo kind of like he'll, he'll talk normally to Rizzo, but then he'll turn and look into the camera with those big bulgy eyes and he'll speak <laughs> you know clearly like the narrator um this movie is like i said very short uh a lean hour and 25 minutes which is really an hour and 20 minutes if you don't count the credits and it's over in a flash which i see as an absolute win uh because i watch this movie every year <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's, it's not the only christmas movie i try to watch every year so when we get into those you know Christmas marathons. It's good that we, you know, you're in and out with this one. You get it, you enjoyment, and you're on to the next one. Um, after multiple, multiple views, that helps keep the uh, the enjoyment alive. That's kind of unusual for a musical too, because musicals tend to be drawn out. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's. I mean, they're a large part of this film as well. Um, there's actually some that are left out and we'll, we'll get into that uh, but like i said my favorite part of this movie is the the music um, michael kane is a fantastic scrooge great choice he's he's first off michael kane has always been old so he's perfect for the world <laughs> just like morgan freeman just like morgan freeman these guys they have a history in being old um and he's crotchety enough to convince us that he's scrooge at the beginning when he's the bad scrooge but then also he's totally lovable uh when he turns good and and this is my boldest take i think on this film oh. he's like talk singing in that last song it's not bad <laughs> i i like it 
Yeah, that's not too bad. He's, I didn't, he's not a singer. I didn't think to myself, oh, I didn't know Michael Caine could speak, could sing. <laughs> that's, that's not a thought that crossed my mind. But I didn't think it was bad. I like that. Song. Right, right. Uh, well, no, in my household, there's definitely contention about whether or not Michael Caine can uh, can sing. Uh, I see. I'm on Team Caine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so as we saw in Muppets Treasure Island, uh, this format of like a uh, ensemble Muppets cast plus one human like straight right. man actor it puts a lot of weight on that lead man on, on Michael Caine in this movie and I think he carries that weight beautifully effortlessly he uh he does a great job of starring in this film yeah so I like I don't take any issue with Michael Caine's like portrayal of Scrooge in this movie I feel like he does a great job with the script he's given but I don't I don't really I wish there had been a little bit more of a transformation from him. Um, not so much because like he, it's like he, as soon as that that first spirit arrives, he, you already see those walls break down. And then by this time he meets the ghost of Christmas present, he's pretty, pretty much reformed at that point. And then the, uh, you know, the ghost of Christmas future kind of hammers that home, puts the final nails in the coffin, if you will. Um, but... I don't know. I, I, I wish there had been a little bit more of a kind of self-aware moment of him realizing what's like what's going on. Because for me, watching this movie, it seemed like uh, Scrooge never realized that people didn't like him, right? He just thought that everyone was just going about their business, doing things, and everyone just goes crazy at this time of year about Christmas. And then suddenly he's shown, you know, He's, he's like a fly in the wall and he sees how other people see him and he's suddenly like, oh, I didn't know I was such a dick all the time. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like people that act like that tend to have reasons that they just like they for that. They, they justify it in some way. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, I like, you know, I was rude to that person because they deserved it. You know, I was, uh, you know, I don't I don't celebrate Christmas because I think it's a waste of time. Like you have these these years to build up a defense to defend why you act the way you do, even if that ultimately is a horrible way to act. Right. But you don't really see that with Scrooge. Instead, it's just like, Oh, I didn't realize there were other people, <laughs> you know? And I, I think there's, I think there's something to that. I, I tend to think that younger generations tend to be a little bit more self-aware um, and I tried to find some evidence of this. I went through a whole bunch of different articles and most of them were like millennials, uh, have no drive, but they're like, but they're super self-aware and care about self-care and that makes them narcissists. So I didn't find anything that's super helpful. <laughs> that sounds like the most 2019 article ever. <laughs> <laughs> there's like three or four that was like that. So, um, and in some regards, I feel like there's some, there's some evidence for that. And maybe that's why someone like someone like Scrooge doesn't seem so relatable to me because I would never get to that point in my life and not be have some defense mechanisms against someone saying you're a bad person, right? Right. Well, I think there's some things that you can assume about Scrooge, like for instance that he's like like tight with his money, like he doesn't want to give it to charity yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. He buys single ply toilet paper. Sure, yeah. sure. And like, yeah, he's just a uh, what is it, a skin flint? Skin flint. But he's not. <laughs> I, I, Good to see that come back. Just oh, yeah, that that's right. You. you didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what was that? What were we talking about skin, skin flints before? I don't know. Some Way some, back. Uh, some other movie. Yes, but anyway. You're talking about Mr. Krabs, though. Yes. Um, <laughs> Scrooge is a skin flint, but um, he's also kind of antisocial. And while that's definitely viewed as a negative quality in this film, I, I know plenty of people who are fine being somewhat antisocial. You know, it, like you could just as quickly assume that Scrooge doesn't care if other people like him um you know it, i think it's enlightening for him to realize the suffering he's causing and then know that he can do something about that that's something but i never got the impression scrooge cared about being popular or liked um i mean one right. thing that they do back up is scrooge's disdain for uh love the idea of love uh because he gets his heart broken by one girl uh i mean yeah. i guess it, he had an extended relationship and it was with super her. mild too wasn't she like she screamed at him or anything and she just like they kind of like a disagreement yes and um that that <laughs> actually goes on to be um like well, okay well, i was gonna save this for the song section but th that's that scene where bell and scrooge 
um, kind of have their parting. Uh, and mm-hmm. Scrooge is, you know, feels a lot of heartbreak. There's actually a song that was cut from most versions of the film called When Love Is Gone, and it's sung by Belle. Uh, and she basically sings about how like, Scrooge used to love her, but he like lost that and he cares too much about money now. Um, but that song was cut because they thought it would be too boring for kids. And as a kid who grew up watching the longer version of this movie that had that song, yeah, it was definitely boring. And as a kid, I didn't <laughs> like it. It was my least favorite part of the movie. That was the part of the movie where you get up and like go make more hot cocoa um, or something gotcha. like that. But, uh, the love song. but I think that it helped to really drive home that, that point. And that's one part that I felt like they did build up correctly for Scrooge was his like detachment from others uh, because he had gotten his heart broken. And um, whether you think they sh- you know showed that well enough, the idea is that his heart was so broken that he kind of let go of love. He even says, "There's no, like the only thing sillier than uh, Merry Christmas is love." <laughs> It's like, Jesus, dude, who hurt you? You know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cartoon villain. But but going back to, like, in general, I agree. There's definitely some stuff where it just seems like Scrooge, he just suddenly cares um, because the ghosts kind of tell him to. And Well, I feel like it's just like he, I don't feel like it's the ghosts that tell him to. I feel like he comes to a natural reaction. But I also feel like that react like, the walls that he that I would assume have built up over the years are just not there, right? Mm. And I think there's I think like the messages moving and like the ultimate like resolution that we come to of like you should be more generous and that Christmas is for everyone even if you don't think it is. Like I feel like those are really like great and powerful messages and like something that I I don't know I wish I had I see more in Christmas movies about like you you know the generosity toward other people because like. Ultimately, at the end of the day, like ultimately, uh, Scrooge doesn't have any other incentive to be generous to people, right? Like he could have looked at those those people and said, "Oh, screw them; they never liked me anyway." But and then, he, but he sees that like he could have an impact, just like you said, and that like his he could con- contribute to this society and make things better for other people. Um, and that's like I don't know. That's a really nice message to come to i i like that i i'm glad that it came to that uh, but i just don't i don't really like the way that it got there I guess. well yeah and one of the things that i don't understand is like scrooge's hate for just the poor you know like it's pretty <laughs> brutal at the beginning when he talks about how um like when the when uh, the i forgot his name but the the green guy and beaker uh show yeah, yeah, up yeah. to ask for uh, Dr. Honeydew and Beaker show up to ask for donations and Scrooge like feigns uh, concern by being like, oh no, are there no, are my taxes that are paying for the prisons and the poorhouses not like going to work? He's like, oh no, those are there, but some would rather die. And he's like, well, then they should do it. It's like, whoa, Scrooge, wh- <laughs> what, like, where's that coming from? Why do you hate right. poor people? Um, I feel like that's like a thing based on ignorance though. I, I feel like there's real people that think that way. Ugh, I hope. <laughs> I mean, like for, just for no reason, you know. Like, I mean, I, I would love to have seen why Scrooge like never thought about generosity, or it was like so against generosity, you know? Sure. Right. Like, it, yeah. No, it I, didn't seem like there was anything that happened to him that made him be like, you know what? It's just me against the world. I don't. I don't want to care for anybody else besides the breakup thing. Right. There's some. There's some concept. I don't know if it has a name or not. Where like the people that are most in need of your help are often the ones least receptive to that help. You know, like he, there's like, uh, you know, all sorts of stories where, where people have you know bad experiences with homeless people or people that they try and like interact with and try to give them money or something and something bad happens, you know, it's like, and then it, it puts you off and you don't want to like, you feel like you, you can't be as helpful because you feel like it's just not safe. So I don't know. Like, I, I feel like there's a lot of, um, it could just be ignorance, right? It could just be like, oh, the people who are poor just, you know, they deserve it because they weren't as frugal and smart as I was, right? I feel like that's a, I feel like that's a real thing people think. Oh, definitely. Um, and and again, it's just I don't see any evidence as to what his thought process was. It just from right, the right. beginning. It, yeah, you could say ignorance, but I, I want more. You know, um, that that would have been nice to have. So one of the things that always impresses me uh, from the Muppets is that. 
they hit me in the feels. And this movie definitely does that, especially with the way uh, that they tell the story of Tiny Tim. Um, Did you cry when they when Tiny Tim? Tiny I, Tim died? I definitely have in the past. I mean, I've, I've kind of. I definitely cried I, when they when Miss Piggy was like. He always loved the ducks. I was like, oh. but that's what I'm talking about. Is it's like talking pig and talking frog, like bringing me to tears. Like, wow, that is amazing. And that's and the Muppets do that over and over and over again. It always blows me away when the Muppets are able to evoke such emotion, despite being such funny looking creatures. Uh, and they definitely uh, are able to do that in this movie, which is important because it's a Christmas movie. So that of all types of movies, they should be able to, uh, you know, pull at your heartstrings. And, and I think especially yeah. Kermit does that so well in this movie. I don't like, I feel like because they're puppets, it is, they have like a leg up too. Really? Yeah, because, you know, they're like, they're very endearing. They're very cute, you know? <laughs> That's and true. And so it's, it's really easy for you to root for them. And and even though, like, and they are, like, anthropomorphic, of course. They're always singing songs and stuff. It's easy for people to relate that to that sort of thing, especially when they're characters that you recognize, like Miss Piggy and, and Kermit. Mm-hmm. So... Well, they, they, I, 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 so, I, I think that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a thing. It's a, you know, it's a tool in their, in their wheelhouse. It's just they can use. the way I view it is just the same way I view like stop motion is like their ability to stop, make me stop seeing them as pieces of cloth with people's hands stuffed in them and to see them as real live things with emotion. And nobody does that better than the Muppets. No. Oh, yeah. I uh, completely agree with that. So another, uh, so this is something that I hadn't really considered before, and I would love to get input from you. Was the fact that they this movie, quote unquote, like keeps Christ in Christmas, and they do it very subtly, but they definitely don't hide it. Um, the song "Bless Us All," which is the song, it's led by Tiny Tim, but all the members of the Cratchit family get a verse, and it's a, it's literally is a pre-meal prayer to explicitly christian god like it's yeah it's uh like and also tiny tim and kermit when they do that christmas scat song where he's like and they're like walking and which is which is really cool because that uh the way they do that the way kermit like walks down that street is actually um he's on he's walking on a rotating barrel that they like glued a bunch of stuff onto so that it rotates underneath him and he's just picking That's up his cool. feet and setting them back down. Um, but they were, wow. wa- they were walking back from church, uh, which again, they don't hide that they're explicit that they went to church. Um, and you know, Christmas is very commercialized, but at the, at its core <laughs> Christmas, I mean, Jesus is the reason for the season. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting. Um, I'm sure part of it is that it's, probably from the original story that uh, the Cratchits were church-going folk, but the Muppets don't tell every part of the original story. So what do you think about that, them keeping Christ in Christmas in this film? I, I feel like the adherence to a deeper meaning in Christmas is it's like what makes it more powerful, right? And simply saying it's a, you know, it's, it's more than just a... A, a day that we give gifts to people. I mean, it's it's something that's been a rich tradition for thousands of years. Um, even before Jesus, there was celebrations like this. So, like, putting, I feel like, appealing to that just makes this more of a Christmas movie in a way, right? Like, it's it's focusing on what's really important. I think if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think there's and a lot like of people that get frustrated when they see Christmas movies that have nothing to do with like the Christian holiday. It's like this is Santa plus presents like equals Christmas. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I it depends on what you're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. And a Christmas Carol is definitely it, it's like um, it's a wonderful life, right? It's a it's a mess. It's a movie with a real moral, right? A story with a real moral and. So like basing that in some sort of moral authority like Christianity or Jesus is like a smart thing to do. Oh, definitely. Um, and I, honestly, I don't really see the the Muppets as a Christian brand, but they I think they they dip their toes in the perfect amount uh, to accomplish their goals for this film. Um, yeah. And I think it's done really well because I had never, it was something I only noticed on this watch through. I was like, wait a minute. They totally are like doing actual Christian Christmas as opposed to like generic, uh, marketable, 
like presents Christmas. Uh, if, right. if you, you get what I mean. The spirits are kind of the same way too, because they're not, they're not just like ghosts, right? They're like these supernatural things, you know? And I, I feel like that's reminiscent of Christianity as well. Like the Holy spirit, right? Sure. Sure. Definitely. So I don't know. It's just something I, I came, it really came to me this time as opposed to previous times. Right. Um, which I, I think is really, really interesting. All right, so let's move on to our Easter eggs. And I've got a bunch of things. Some of them you could just say are just observations, but I'm going to tell them to you anyways. Uh, so <laughs> first one, we brought this up on our episode of uh, the Muppets Treasure Island episode um, about like, I was talking about the, the way that the Muppets makes fun of pigs. <laughs> um, <laughs> like they, they called the tavern in Muppets uh, Treasure Island a pigsty, and there's patrons there who are pigs. They're like, hey, hey, like they get offended by it. Um, this one kind of doubles down on just insulting the pigs by making them obsessed with their next meal because the movie opens with this shot that comes over all the rooftops in this uh, London town um, in this uh, it, which actually is pretty cool the way they shot that. They're all miniatures. And apparently when they were shooting that, the camera had to move really, really, really slow to give the appearance of a camera going over an entire city. But really yeah. it was just these really tiny miniatures. And then it goes really close to a building and transitions into the street shot where it's obviously the live action uh, Muppets and humans, uh, and the you know the classic establishing kind of shots where they get you used to the fact that this world is Muppets and humans coexisting. And uh, one of the things, the first things you hear is this pig talking to another pig, and he's like, "That was a fine meal. What should we do now?" And he goes, "How about lunch?" Then <laughs> they, they go off to that. And later in the film, when Scrooge is uh, hearing about his own death, these pigs are talking like talking about his funeral and saying if they'd go or not and they don't know anyone who would go except one of them is like i i I wouldn't mind going to his funeral if lunch is provided and then another figure is like speaking of lunch and then they all go off they're so obsessed with eating uh which i think is super funny another thing uh like i said the muppets and humans coexist in this uh universe the, the horses in Muppet, uh, the Muppets Christmas Carol are Muppets, and the horses in the uh, Muppet Treasure Island are actual horses. And I thought that was an interesting I did see a real horse in, uh, in this movie, in Christmas Carol. Really? Yeah. There was one, like, like when I went across the bottom of the screen, I can't remember exactly. Okay. I just remember saying, oh, there's a real horse. But there are. Benjamin was wrong. Well, there also are definitely. <laughs> That's literally what I thought. Really? <laughs> <laughs> but there's also Muppets horses that sing and dance in this one. Yes, uh, yes, yes that yes. exist as part of uh, of like the like just the multitude of things that are not able to talk that actually are, including the cabbages right. and other. There are some vegetables. Muppets in here that are more recycled. Like there's that that old like witch looking Muppet mm-hmm. that they see several times. That represents part of the town. Yes, and there's a bunch of wacky ones. Uh, that are just like there's like lobsters hanging out of windows and stuff. I thought that was like a classic Muppets thing. They always just had the lobsters. Oh yeah, no, and chickens and 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 there's that little guy eating a carrot. Um, but yeah, just just more uh, classic Muppets. So um, one of the things that I thought was cool, another like kind of Muppet movie magic type thing, was the way that they filmed the Ghost of Christmas Past because it was very. It's a weird choice. The 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 Ghost of Christmas Past. It was a, yeah. So a, was that is that completely CGI? Because it looked like it was completely CGI. No, it was. Oh. it was underwater. Yes, this is this. Is, it's a Muppet that they put. They filmed underwater with like a green screen background. Um, so that's how it gave it that kind of flowy, floating uh, like feel to it was because it was literally a, a puppet that they completely submerged in oh, water. I wish they film. had gone to like, I wish they had shown a little bit more detail to that because I definitely thought it was just CGI and I was like totally dismissive of it. I was just like, oh, why do they do this? You know? Like why couldn't well, they get a she definitely this? is uh, like imposed on like Michael Caine is yeah, not holding yeah. anybody's hand when he's flying over the streets of London, but uh, he that Muppet. But uh, he is really flying, right? He is really flying for sure with Christmas magic. But um, <laughs> but that that Muppet is definitely filmed underwater, and they use like wires to to move its appendages. That is really cool. I did not know that. Yeah, um, I watched like a behind the scenes. They they had they they got some of the uh, guys who made this movie and like 
did this, there's a video on YouTube, maybe I'll link it, but there's like really cool uh, methods they use to accomplish their things as they do in all their films because the Muppets yeah, it's pretty empl- clever. employ a lot of magic. Um, one thing that, this is like one of those halfway Easter eggs, but the, when they're playing the game Yes and No, uh, where the answer ends up being Scrooge, as they're building towards that answer, everyone is guessing different things, and there's a dog character, and his only guess is, how about a dog? <laughs> <laughs> that's his only his only line is he's like <laughs> hope, hoping that the answer is a dog <laughs> uh, which I uh, my brother pointed out um, like a few years ago and we always laugh when that part um, happens <laughs> two more easter eggs and then we'll move on in the background when, when Scrooge is going about town being really jolly and jovial with uh, all the Muppets well, now that he's a good guy there is a building that says Statler and Waldorf on it that they pass by twice that is the names of the two hecklers or in this movie Marley and Marley the Marley brothers um, we're Marley and Marley yes Ooh. that's the song and uh, they're they have their names on a building which is like a classic Easter egg it's like oh look I recognize those names but taking it a step further even is there's another building that says Mickle whites on it which is Michael Caine's real last name because Michael Caine's real name is Maurice Micklewhite. And what? Yes, <laughs> he ch- he chose uh, he he his like actor name is uh, Michael Caine, but his real name is Maurice Micklewhite. And oh my god, they kind of why would he choose the name Michael Caine? <laughs> it worked out for him, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. But it's I mean, you know, it sounds just like my cocaine. <laughs> Maybe that's by uh, by design. He's like, that's everyone will get addicted to me playing old men. <laughs> <laughs> that is really cool. I didn't. I had no idea. Wow, that's like three and one right there. Definitely, yeah. I, I guess that is like. I probably should have led with that. Like, <laughs> did you know Michael Caine's real name is Maurice Micklewhite? Um, but also, yeah, there's reference to that. They reference that in the film. Okay, so that's all my Easter eggs or whatever you want to call them. Um, and now let's move on to the songs. So um, what, for the Muppets Treasure Island, we played a bunch of the songs on the episode because tragically that soundtrack is not available on streaming platforms. This one is though. So definitely go and check out the uh, the Muppets Christmas Carol soundtrack on whatever streaming platform you use you will notice there are extra songs included that didn't make it into the film. Like we said earlier, When Love is Gone, which is uh, not in the theatrical version of this film, is also included on there. What's interesting about that, and a reason why Brian Henson said it should have been included in the theatrical version of the film, is it has the same melody as The Love We Found, which is the very last song you hear. So it's kind of a sad version of the happy song that we hear at the end, and kind of it's like the, the, the question and the response. Uh, yeah, which, I really like it when they do that. Yeah, and it, That's really cool. it really does work well. Now that I'm an adult and don't get bored and go get hot cocoa during that song, it actually is a good balance. So uh, you can hear that song among others. If you're a big Sam Eagle, if you got any Sam Eagle heads uh, listening right now, you can enjoy <laughs> a song he gets all to himself called Chairman of the Board that I guess would have been played in the movie. It really wouldn't fit in the, the movie. It's it's pretty different, but it's basically him being like a straight up capitalist and singing about like how doing business is the way to go about your life. It's the American way. <laughs> it is the British way. Um, and... That song, I think, helps you understand a little bit more about Scrooge's um, motivations as far as his business goes. Maybe that would have been helpful in the film, but I think they get the message across anyways, um, which <laughs> I love Sam Eagle uh, because when if you listen at the part where Scrooge, because that's the very end of Scrooge's like schoolboy uh, classroom experience, you hear um, Sam Eagle buying a or like getting a cab arranged for uh, or I guess a carriage or whatever, uh, for young Scrooge to go to the city where he's going to begin his apprenticeship. And you hear Sam Eagle go like, and remember, don't tip the driver. <laughs> like <laughs> Very uh, skin flints thing to, to say. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, again, obviously rubbed off on Scrooge. So de- definitely go. I really like that, uh, that little um, shelf with all the famous uh, writers yeah. through history, all of them in Muppet form. And then, of course, Gonzo as Charles Dickens is the last one. I thought that was great. That is great. Uh, so many great gags. 
But um, oh, but yeah, I, I love these songs. Like I said, they, they are legitimate Christmas songs to me, and uh, you should check them out too this Christmas season on your favorite streaming platform. Uh, what's your favorite song? If you had to pick one, what's your favorite one from the movie? It's really tough, um, but I think it might be the um, the first song you hear in the like. Well, I guess the first song after the overture, um, but it's just, it's just called Scrooge. But it's the one that begins like that. When a cold wind blows, it chills you. Uh, which it's just a, a different sound. It doesn't sound like any other Christmas <laughs> carols I listen to, uh, and I, I really do like it. And it's it honestly is a little similar to the beginning of Muppets Treasure Island. And the longer I I spend thinking about it, the more I think uh, Muppet Christmas Carol walked so that Muppet Treasure Island could run. Ah, because nice. it, it really is like a sequel, uh, if you will, because they're both period pieces. They're both directed by Brian Henson, and obviously this one came out before that one. Um, so, so that concludes our song section. Let's move forward to our quotable moments, and I have the first one. Christmas is a very busy time for us, Mr. Cratchit. People preparing feasts, giving parties, spending the mortgage money on frivolities. One might say that December is the foreclosure season. Harvest time for the moneylenders. It's pretty, uh, pretty creepy, actually. It's terrible. <laughs> like, I, I get being a shrewd businessman and being like, it can be a very profitable time of the year for us. But the way Scrooge says this, it kind of sounds like it's not the money he likes, it's evicting people. Harvest time yeah. means taking his properties back and pushing people to the streets, um, which obviously the Marley Brothers echo in their song where they talk about uh, all the, the tykes that they uh, threw out of the orphanage with their frostbitten <laughs> teddy bears. Like it, it's pretty savage. Um, and, and I don't know. I, I feel like it's <laughs> maybe unwarranted is the wrong word. Like Scrooge is supposed to be like this, but I, I feel like maybe either they go a step too far or they don't have enough <laughs> backing up why he is this way. He just comes across sure. as just like needlessly evil. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's cruel and everything. I don't know. I feel like this comes back to just his, like he just doesn't see other people as people. Mm -hmm. You know, he only he's he's so within himself, right? He doesn't recognize that other people even exist. It's classic Scrooge. He definitely comes across as a Scrooge, though. Uh, like you said earlier, this is kind of like a, a simplified version of the story, and they get that message across very simply. <laughs> yes, for sure. All right, uh, next quote. But the incident at the door had made Scrooge wary. Before he shut himself in for the night, he searched his rooms. Okay, that does it. Pardon? How do you know what Scrooge is doing? We're down here, and he's up there. I keep telling you, storytellers are omniscient. I know everything. <laughs> Hoity-toity, Mr. Godlike Smarty Pants. <laughs> I love that they drive this home because it's so important uh, that Gonzo is this godlike Smarty Pants. Uh, it, it's... I think this quote just encapsulates that perfectly, which is why I wanted to play it. Um, but it, it is really... One of my favorite uh, aspects of this film is Gonzo as the all-knowing, uh, ever narrator, uh, yeah. like omniscient, yeah, Charles Dickens. Yeah, imagine. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Do you think Charles Dickens is uh, rolling in his grave, knowing that Gonzo is claiming to be him? I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is a very. I feel like this is a um, a a very heartfelt adaptation. You know. Like, I feel like it gets the spirit of it across and makes it really accessible, too, mm -hmm. you know? So, who knows? Who knows? I'm I, sure there are know. worse adaptations of this story. Yes, I'm sure there are. Um, I don't, The only Charles Dickens book I've read is Tale of Two Cities, and that was remarkably engaging, like, for a piece of classic literature. Um, so I anticipate that this one is probably the same way, that it's actually pretty good to, good to read. Actually, I, I haven't read it, but at the end of the film they recommend that if you liked this story yeah, check that you book. check out the book yeah and my mom actually did that and she said the book was really good um so so there you go yeah. <laughs> maybe i'll check it out make me feel more christmasy okay my quote spirit do you grow old i do <laughs> ah, ah. our spirit's life so short my time upon this globe is very brief I believe it will end upon the stroke of 12. Ugh. What? 
Now? But, Spirit, I have learned so much from you. Nothing Scrooge could do or say could stop the relentless march of those terrible bells. Five. So, much like uh, your last quote, this kind of encapsulates a certain feeling from the movie. Um, especially since this is kind of where the tone starts to shift to a more to a much more dark um, atmosphere. Uh, you get a good example of how Scrooge talks when he's like he's always addressing the spirit by like his name, right? Spirit, spirit, and his British accent. It's, it's very formal in that way. Um, and then of course you get this really great line uh, from Gonzo where he says that nothing could stop the relentless march of those terrible bells. I really like that. Um, and I think that's kind of a theme that's underplayed in this movie is like how Scrooge doesn't Scrooge's time on this earth is limited and that he only has a certain amount of time to right the wrongs of his life. Um, and just as you do, right? You, even if you are young, you still have a limited amount of time to make an impact and you know, nothing can stop the march of those terrible bells. So every strike is another second closer to the grave. So make a uh, make a conscious effort to be, you know, a better and more generous person. That's powerful. And kind of scary. <laughs> Mortality. <laughs> yes. It's real. <laughs> Existentialism in your Muppets movie. Well, I feel like uh, that's a good transition because, Joey, I believe you know what time it is. It is time for us to go a little deeper. deeper, deeper. Okay, so I've seen this movie countless times. And as much as I enjoy doing that, I've often wondered if there's more to this story. Um, Yes. (laughs) And really, the, the reason, the thing that prompts that question is why do the Marley Brothers show up to help Scrooge? I've always thought about this because the spirits seem to have their role that could be relevant to others. Like they could do the same like visits for somebody else and, and have mm-hmm. the same impact. I don't think the Marley brothers would be super relevant to many others because uh, they were Scrooge's business partners. Um, also, there was only one Marley in the actual story. The Marley brothers oh, really? is just because it's... Uh, they have two of Statler guys. and Waldorf. Yeah, they, they're always together. So... <laughs> I'm wondering why they did that. Were they on their own redemption story where they had to go and help a man that they had a massive impact on and clearly influenced in a bad way so that they could hopefully escape the chains that they forged in their own life? Uh, Maybe. (laughs) I would love to see the Scrooge expanded universe delve deeper into this. Yeah. I don't know. I, that, is, I, that is an interesting idea because it doesn't really, that's the only thing that doesn't track for me is w- what brings them back or what what is what is their reason for, for getting it's, it started. It's interesting because like I kind of interpreted it as somehow Scrooge has tapped into the spirit realm in a way, right? Maybe his, uh, his extra time off, um, you know, gave him some recreational time to explore some psychedelics or something (laughs) (laughs) i don't know well one thing is he definitely does they say that he lives in the um dwelling of his former partners robert and jacob marley so Mm. you could argue it's just that their spirits are haunting their former living space Um, yeah but they seem to open the door to that right like they, they give him a warning as if it's inevitable but they're also the first ones that he sees so it's almost like he's you know he's kind of going down the rabbit hole in a way and they're just the first ones on that on that on that journey into the spirit realm well sure and they definitely serve a purpose as to be like don't end up like us yeah but it also is um i i just wonder what their own motivation is to to tell scrooge about that if they're just eternally screwed yeah i don't know i got i don't know i like it just seems like what you would do as a ghost right you just talk about your regrets. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That is what you would do as a ghost. <laughs> I mean, they, they talk about how they're like, it's good to be heckling again. It's good to be doing anything again. So like yeah, yeah. maybe this is just the only thing they can do in their afterlife is haunt people. Um, 
But I, what I want to see is uh, Muppets Christmas Carol two, the the redemption the of the Marley Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that one can be more like a New Year's movie. Uh, yeah, it can begin at Christmas and then uh, they uh, become good people in the new year. Be great in twenty twenty. <laughs> The Marley Brothers. Maybe the Hudsucker proxy is what you're looking for. Maybe. With uh, Milton uh, Hudsucker, right? And he, uh, when he jumps from the uh, uh, the 58th floor of the um, Hudsucker building at midnight, the stroke of midnight. Could be. It's another rich guy. I, yeah. Uh, But yeah, I, I don't know. I just wanted, I thought that was a fun idea. I just wanted to throw your way. Uh, I I like it. <laughs> I would watch it. Well, um, the... Uh, the uh, uh, S-E-U, is that what you're pitching? Yeah, the Scrooge Expanded Extend- Universe, yeah. Expanded Universe. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. That's enough of uh, the Muppets Christmas Carol. Let's go ahead and deliver our ratings. Joey, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. I give this movie one restless night. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I give this movie a simple red scarf. Uh, showing oh. that at Christmas it's not about getting the most expensive gift, but showing that you care. Um, and I think that that moment between Beaker and Scrooge is really touching because while Scrooge is showing how generous he is and giving all that money, that undisclosed amount with many back payments, I assure you, uh, it's also <laughs> nice that Scrooge shows supreme appreciation for the simple gift of the scarf off of Beaker's long neck. Um, yeah, so he's gonna need it more than anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, what I'm getting you for Christmas, and it's a great visual to show that Scrooge really has changed because now he's got yeah. this bright red scarf on. That's right. All right, Joey, what's next on our Christmas uh, movie extravaganza? Our next Christmas movie is The Santa Claus, starring. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh man, I'm excited. I'm uh, I'm definitely high on Tim Allen right now, so I'm I'm excited <laughs> to sit down and watch this. I, I'm determined to make this a Tim Allen month just by accident. Well, I definitely didn't see. Uh, I've never I had never seen this one until Thanksgiving. I watched it okay. over Thanksgiving break because I knew we were going to do an episode about it. Um, and it's a classic. I mean, well, we'll do an episode about, it, but like I see why you want to watch it. Um, I'm surprised yeah. this that, is I, one that I, I went so long a lot when I was a kid. Yeah, so. I, I'm surprised I went so long without seeing it. But we'll save that one for our next episode. But our listeners, if they want something right now, they can they can get it. And that, what that is is our phone number eight three three six hundred two four two eight. That's right, eight three three six hundred chat. Call us anytime. Uh, the phone line is always open. We're always receiving calls, and if you call us, we'll play it. On an episode of Apple Chat. That, That's a promise. That is a promise. Please call us up, leave a message, say anything you want. Questions, comments, concerns. Uh, we want to hear remarks. It. That's right. Um, you can also subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, including Spotify. We, uh, If you check our social media, you'll see our, uh, our 2019 Spotify wrapped uh, because we are official Spotify podcasters. They had like cool little infographics for us and we posted oh. that on our social media. Uh, so definitely uh, subscribe to us yeah. on Spotify as well. And uh, once you're done um, listening to the podcast, listen to the soundtrack for this movie. Definitely. And uh, wherever you get our podcast, leave us a review. It really helps us grow. That's right. And you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram. As I said, that's at AffableChat. Same handle on both. And uh, you can send us an email, AffableChat at gmail.com. We also have a YouTube channel. Uh, it's called Affable Chat. Check it out. So that's the Muppets Christmas Carol. Um, that's going to do it for this episode. For Affable Chat, I'm Benjamin. And I'm Joey. Thanks for listening.